Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. We're here at uh, Hanover, New Hampshire today at Dartmouth College, and my guest uh, for this broadcast is Kent Dahlberg, uh, involved with Integrare, a ministry uh, both to uh, college athletes. He and his wife minister to the male and female athletes, and then also to uh, faculty and, and other community leaders that they're involved with. And Kent, again, welcome to our microphones. Thanks, Glenn. Great to be with you. And as we said last time, you know, you were on the, these microphones. Uh, I think they may even still be the same microphones from <laughs> 18 years ago when we first started the program. And uh, at that time, uh, you were with Campus Crusade for Christ, but uh, now with Integrare. And happy to meet you again. And you've been helping set up some interviews here at Dartmouth uh, this week and uh, so uh, but uh, we've uh, talked about the Christian history of so many of our campuses especially the Ivy League except for the eight campuses except for uh, Cornell and, and Penn probably or were not as specifically designed to uh, train Christian leadership but the rest of them have deep Christian roots and uh, how about here at Dartmouth what are some of the things that you've uh, uncovered or learned about the history here. Yeah, Dartmouth has a rich uh, Christian heritage, uh, largely lost on the, the current uh, leadership of the campus, but, uh, but it's very much there if, if you are, uh, have eyes to see. And the, this is, it's an anniversary this year, isn't yes, it, of the uh, campus? Yes, Dartmouth uh, was founded in 1769, which is 250 years ago. So okay. it's so a significant uh, year. It's a significant it's anniversary for the college this year, and, and I've actually been, uh, played a small role in some of those uh, recognitions and uh, celebrations. The, uh, the motto of Dartmouth is Latin. Vox Clamantis in Deserto, which is a voice of one calling in the wilderness, which is from Isaiah 40, echoed by John the Baptist when he uh, is baptizing in the Jordan River, uh, including baptizing Jesus. And uh, so Eliezer Wheelock uh, graduated from Yale and uh, trained for ministry under Jonathan Edwards, famous uh, New England Puritan uh, preacher and theologian who went on to be uh, president of Princeton University. And leader of what we call the first great awakening yes. in spiritual life in America. And uh, the uh, genesis of that uh, great awakening was his famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And interesting historical uh, uh, detail was that uh, the first time Jonathan Edwards gave that sermon, he would read it from the, the, the pulpit uh, in his monotone voice. It was not at all a, a, a very exciting uh, presentation, uh, as was his demeanor. And uh, a young protege, ministerial protege uh, intern was traveling with him, and that was Eliezer Wheelock. Mm. And the first time we, uh, Jonathan Edward gave that famous sermon that uh, led, the, led to the uh, Great Awakening, uh, he was about three-quarters of the way. Edwards was so overcome with emotion from his own sermon that he could not finish it. Mm. And so Wheelock quietly got up from the front row and uh, basically excused Edwards, 
so he could go and sit down. And Wheelock finished reading his sermon, wow. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry mm. God. And um, so that gives you a, a little bit of a picture of the sure. significance of the Dartmouth founding. So Wheelock became interested. And, and by the way, you know, I think we're in the Hanover Inn on Wheelock Road here. Wheelock Street, yes, Wheelock Street. Wheelock yeah. Street. Uh, and these uh, founders who had uh, such a faith in Christ, their names are splattered all over the place, yes. too, buildings and yep. roads and whatever yeah. else in our campus communities. Yeah, Eliezer Wheelock is a, is a renowned figure because uh, he came up to the middle of nowhere here from Connecticut where he was pastoring uh, and had started working with Indian Native American students in Connecticut, and uh, which was very controversial. Uh, whether or not the Native uh, young people should be educated and whether they should be uh, Christianized and uh, led to faith. And um, was, there was you know, mixed feelings about that. And so he, he felt very called to uh, work with those um, uh, populations and those young people as a way of uh, bringing the gospel as well as the benefits of modern life such as they had in the 1700s to these native peoples who were living relatively primitive benighted lives here and uh, up in the middle of the wilderness in New Hampshire and Vermont. So he uh, came up here, came up the Connecticut River in canoes and because there were no roads and uh, uh, received a grant of land to found the college and from King George and uh, basically uh, launched Dartmouth and uh, built it from pretty humble beginnings with just a handful of Indian Native students as well as white students. It was a mm -hmm. kind of a hybrid, a very uh, uh, forward-thinking model of integrating the uh, white students, the colonist students, with the uh, native students so that they could learn and understand each other and uh, benefit from each other so that the white uh, colonist students would be more effective in ministry with native peoples mm -hmm. because they understood them right. as well as conversely the uh, native students would be mixing with their uh, co white colonial peers and understanding learning the ways of the white men and, and of sort of the modern world. Sure. Which, Sure. which was all new to them. Right. And in the context of that, learning Hebrew, Latin, Greek, and wow. basically yeah. preparing them for ministry. Right. So that was the founding of Dartmouth College. Sure. And Christian and, values say that, you know, the the answer to racism is that we're all created in the image of God. Absolutely. And that uh, there is only one race, the human race, and, yes. and in Acts it says God created from one blood all of the nations of the world. Yes. And so, you know, to really live out the Christian faith, not always been done is to uh, see people as uh, bearers of God's image rather yes. than as one race or another race or even other categories. I think another category people like to put others down with is how educated you are. Yes. And uh, they're the educational elites who think that they're more important than uh, the average everyday person, but right. in God's eyes, we're all uh, right. of equal worth and value and we all have the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven through Jesus Christ. And we all have the same need for Christ. Yes. Uh, that, you know, no matter how many letters you have after your name, uh, with your assorted degrees, it does not obviate your need for Jesus Christ. And an atheist uh, 
has a conscience, <laughs> whether uh, uh, he likes it or not, he knows he's guilty of some things. Uh, yes. And uh, how do you deal with guilt? Uh, Christianity gives the answer to that. We are truly guilty, but God has provided a payment for our sins through the cross of, of Calvary. And then the other thing, uh, a reminder to even the, the atheists here at Dartmouth, uh, that uh, every technical journal uh, that they uh, write in, and every time they write a check, they have to refer to their place in history by the birth of Jesus Christ 2,019 years ago. Yes. And uh, that date is the, the marker for Western civilization because uh, Jesus wasn't an ordinary preacher, only preached three years publicly, uh, but uh, he died for our sins and then bodily rose again three days later, not a near-death experience, but a bodily resurrection from the dead and, and has ascended into heaven and is coming back. And that's our belief and our hope and our message on the lion's den. And so you've been uh, here at Dartmouth. Uh, I understand also, I think you gave me a shirt back the first time I came here with the logo on it, oh. with the Native Americans, and describe yes. that logo. Yeah, the logo of Dartmouth, which again is a little politically incorrect today, but uh, it has Native American students, uh, two, two students holding an open book, which is the Bible, and, uh, and the sun overhead is uh, uh, illuminating that, which is essentially God is, is illuminating his words so they can see it and read it. And, uh, and then Dartmouth Hall, uh, sort of one of the central original buildings is, is in the background there. And uh, so that uh, kind of captures the early founding and vision for Dartmouth by Eliezer Wheelock, who was driven to uh, establish this place out of his love for Christ and his concern for God's people here in uh, what were the kind of the wilderness hinterlands of uh, northern New England at the time. It was not sort of civilized or really even a colony up here at that time. It was just a wilderness. Great, great. Now, are there other illustrations of the Christian history that you see here on the campus or in the, some of the uh, origins of Dartmouth? Yes, uh, until about 100 years ago, Dartmouth always had a Christian minister for the president of the college. So there was a strong uh, Christian commitment and, uh, and that gradually, like most of higher education, gradually got bled out during the 20th century. And uh, so Dartmouth became increasingly secular and, uh, and, and lost that, uh, although there's still a uh, Tucker Center here, which uh, basically oversees religious and spiritual life. And we function under that uh, umbrella as part of the college, but uh, uh, the college itself is is, is secular. But over a hundred, uh, I think it's 108 of the first 121 uh, colleges in the United States were founded by Christians as specifically religious institutions, right. as Dartmouth was. So sure. uh, the, the Christian Church had a tremendous commitment to uh, general education and literacy. Was a big proponent of. Uh, public education in the early years of uh, the country and and so that everybody could read the Bible as well as read read other things and um, then uh, and, and be more responsible and independent and capable people and uh, and then obviously a huge commitment to higher education because most of the original colleges and universities in our country were founded right. by Christians and so most of the ministers were the higher educated people in the society at that time. One of our previous guests, 
Daniel Dreisbach is a professor at American University and wrote the book Reading the Bible with Our Founding Fathers. And he cites that uh, one-third of the quotations in the speeches and writings of our founding fathers are biblical quotations. And that uh, at a certain point in American history, uh, all of the presidents of the universities and the vast majority of uh, professors were uh, uh, Protestant Christians. Yes. And uh, so that heritage is there. But again, even here, you know, we, we were sad, saddened to see it's lost. Uh, revivals have happened over time, and yes. we trust even today. Yeah, and we see, um, we see God at work, and there's a great deal occurring here spiritually that we're uh, encouraged by, and, and uh, so there is a vibrant uh, subculture of spiritual life on campuses, including Dartmouth. Uh, and we, we are privileged to play a role in that, but uh, uh, but obviously the institutions themselves have, have right. lost a lot of that understanding or commitment. Great, and we uh, do encourage our listeners to pray for revival on the campuses, and as uh, we've mentioned in other occasions that uh, these have taken place. We've even cited a few uh, time at Penn State uh, in the late 1970s when over a thousand students would attend the weekly campus crusade meetings and uh, and hundreds in some of the other campus ministries at that time and one of our guests had been a missionary to Egypt for 25 years and had just gotten back was out of that uh, mm. time and he said he knew personally knew over 200 uh, people uh, that came through Penn State in those four years who ended up in full-time ministry or missions around the world even in places like Libya where the, it was wow. closed to the gospel but uh, God had moved, and so uh, we pray that those things can happen again and uh, that God will work, and we're thankful for campus ministers like Kent Dahlberg, who's been my guest uh, for this edition of the Lion's Den University Report and a veteran minister here at Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire. Uh, again, Kent, great to see you again. Great to see you. Thanks, Lon. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur at yahoo.com. 